Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stan Lane. And once again, I would like to thank everybody for tuning in. And we do definitely appreciate all the subscriptions, all the views and the likes. Um, it, it definitely makes a difference on our page. And we want to continue to bring you some awesome content. Um, I had the opportunity to sit down with Brett Martin. Brett is an extraordinary guy. He has extensive background. Brett is the co-founder of Kumo Space. And we, we sat down, we had the opportunity to talk and discuss a lot of the future of Kumo Space um, and the progress that it made since the start of 2020 from the beginning of the pandemic to where its current stage is right now and the things that he's looking to do with the business. He also moonlights at University of Columbia. He has such an extensive background. He's able to share certain things because he had so many different aspects to business. He's ran businesses. He started businesses. He had a few exits. He has extensive portfolio of investments. He's able to speak on certain verticals of the business because he touched on multiple facets of it. Um, but we also discuss his background, what got him, him into entrepreneurship. We also discuss what it takes and the grit and the determination to stay on the path or sustain the path of becoming an entrepreneur. And there was so much value that he was able to share. I think that it's going to not only have an impact on you as well as it had an impact on me, but I think he's able to shift your perspective when it comes to entrepreneurship and how we view things. We were able to capture this interview via Zoom. Unfortunately, he couldn't come to the studio. We were trying to make it work. We hope that in the future, we're able to get Brett Onto, into the studio so that way we can have a discussion with them. You'll definitely get some value from it. And if you do like it, please hit the like, the comment, or share. We'll definitely appreciate it. And once again, thank you guys for tuning in. Check out the video. Thanks for being patient so we can get started. Please let the viewers know exactly um, who you are and what you are about and what uh, companies that you have right now and what current things that you got going on. Oh, good. Well, thanks for having me, Stanley. And, uh, you know, excited to have the opportunity to chat. Uh, you know, this is Brett Martin here. Um, I'm uh, the sort of founder of Charge Ventures, the New York-based Pussy Venture Capital Fund. Kind of 65 portfolio companies started in 2015. Just raised our third fund. Um, we write sort of 250 to 750k checks into companies just getting off the ground. So we like to say, uh, you know, there's nothing too early for charge ventures. We like to invest with the friends, family, and fools and charge ventures. That's, that's kind of our, our sweet spot. We do a lot of, um, greater, greater economy, uh, investing. We invested in, um, a bunch of data analytics, machine learning companies, and uh, you know, crypto and healthcare um, sounds sort of disparate, but those are all things that uh, you know the team has built in before. Because we're all entrepreneurs, um, I'm also the co-founder and president of Kumo Space. It's a um, you know virtual office uh, solution for remote teams, where uh, remote teams show up to work every day. So we've got several million users using that, uh, tens of thousands of teams, like all sorts of big companies, Google, Amazon, Shopify, 
government of Canada, government of Canada um, using Fumo Space as like the place where their teams show up when they're not in the office. So it's your office in the cloud. And um, I guess finally, I uh, am also the adjunct uh, professor of um, adjunct professor at Columbia Business School, uh, and I teach uh, tech strategy there as well as um, uh, analytics in action, which is an applied data science class. So. Um, yeah, that, that keeps me pretty busy. Uh, you know, just always love spending time with entrepreneurs, people trying to change the world, build something new, make it a little better. Um, those are my people. So I'm, I'm lucky I get to spend, uh, you know, 12, 16 hours a day with them. So earlier, I wanted to know how you made that transition from uh, becoming an analyst on Wall Street to actually starting companies and becoming a, a serial entrepreneur like how was that transitional period and what made you say this is the thing that i wanted to get involved in yeah you know so so i'm from um, a small uh, mid-atlantic beach town called ocean city maryland it's uh you know cotton candy palm cakes boardwalk uh, rides haunted houses stuff like that and so i grew up actually uh selling seashells by the seashore my dad Dad and I used to go over to the bay, which is uh, about an hour and a half away. We'd go buy a um, a bushel of conch, dirty conch shells that the uh, fishermen would dredge up when they were getting crabs, and they would take them home, clean them off, uh, put them in bleach, bleach them for a few days, make them nice and white, and then sell them to tourists. Uh, you know what? What? Uh, what tourist doesn't want to buy you know a dollar uh, conch shell from um, you know a cute little kid? And so that's how I got my entrepreneurial taste. And, uh, you know, I was going really well. I had, a, I had my younger sister who, who, you know, was a really amazing worker. She's actually much more diligent than I am. And so I, I signed her up to payroll and I was, you know, paying her a dollar an hour and then selling these cock shells for a dollar until my parents found out. And they, uh, they made me split it <laughs> equity, made us equal equity partners. And, uh, you know, it was a good lesson. One is, you know, you always treat your family right. And two, you know, it's like, this is a good way to make money. So I went to school up at Dartmouth in New Hampshire. And then I, I would say, you know, I didn't really, I knew I was going to do entrepreneurship. I didn't have a clear plan. And so I kind of just followed the crowd. And I, you know, was an um, equity research analyst at an investment bank called Thomas Weisel Partners. It's a kind of tech-focused investment bank right out of college. And I put in my two years of service at, at the bank. And, you know, Wall Street's full of, a lot of people in tech like to talk trash about Wall Street. I mean, I personally don't. I think I actually think that you learn a lot. It's great training. People have amazing work ethic, amazing attention to detail. And one of the things I like about Wall Street is that um, everyone knows what they're there for, uh, and, and that's that's the, the skrilla, you know, and the, the paper chase. There's no um, there's no mixing. Uh, yeah, everyone's everyone's very clear about that, right? And so you know, when people on Wall Street, uh, you know, excuse me, fuck you. They look you right in the eye and they say, you know, I'm, I'm going to fuck you and take the money. And that's one of the things I like about Wall Street. They're very clear why they're there. You know, one what, what of my complaints about tech is that, you know, sometimes people people do it for a, a bunch of different reasons. You know, they think they do it because it's cool. They do it because there's a lot of money there. They do it because of the fame. And, you know, they do it because they maybe want to change the world. And, um, you know, there's a lot of obfuscation about what people's real intentions are. Um, so Wall Street, is, you know, it's nice to learn clarity. But that said, I'm not actually particularly driven by money. I, I really like building things, you know, and I think um, Wall Street is really more about value capture than it is value creation. You know, it's more about, okay, how do we take an existing system and 
capture as much value from it as possible, which is obviously a cool skill to have, but not that interesting for me personally. So ever since then, I've been building or investing in early stage tech. Um, and, you know, I, I went on and started a few companies and then um, ultimately, you know, my own fund charge. And so charge is all entrepreneurs and investing in entrepreneurs. Um, and so I get, you know, a great way of like, I get to build my company with my co-founder Yang Mao, who's the CEO of Kumo Space. And, you know, we're building our virtual office solution, but then we also, you know, have charge ventures and that enables us to just like partner with other entrepreneurs that we think are doing awesome shit, give them some money, really try to do everything we can and help them, you know, succeed. And then, you know, maybe a few of them change the world and we all get rich in the process. It's a, it's, it's a pretty fun job. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's a phenomenal job. Speaking of Kumo space, I was I was taking a look at it, and it kind of reminded me of a, a WeWork and a video game. Like, how did that concept come together where you're able to make uh, something that's so playful, but then still have that work ethic or that work concept behind it? Yeah, you you nailed it. You know, we like we like to say the the productivity of video chat and the fun of video games. Um, it, that you know, it's funny. I I um I've been doing my fun charge ventures since 2015. So I guess we're like coming up on eight years now. And um, I you know when we see a good business that's you know big market, big demand, um, high margin, recurring revenue, possibility of moats. Um, you know, uh, usually I just would try to give them money, right? Like it's a lot easier to give someone money and then you know say, hey, you know, let me know, let me know when you sell and send me a check. That's a lot easier than building, right? Um, so normally when I see a, you know a potentially lucrative business, like I just try to invest. But in this particular case, um, you know, I really felt the pain myself, which was um, you know, when I charge ventures before the pandemic, we used to you get deals as we used to have a monthly networking event um, with a bunch of, you know, I would say mid-career professionals, people in their 30s, 40s, that didn't really want to go into the, like, you know, the networking event for noobs and people just starting, which are totally cool. And I, you know, definitely put in my time there, but, you know, eventually, you know, you kind of phase out of that. Maybe you've got kids, but you still want to stay relevant, still want to stay in the mix. Um, so we used to throw a monthly event for folks like that. It was around angel investing. People were sharing deals and, uh, you know, you know, meeting other interesting people they were trying to give back and um then the pandemic came and the question it was like everyone said okay brett you know why don't you take this online why don't you do it over zoom and i was like man i really do not want to give a powerpoint presentation to 50 of my friends every month that does not sound fun for me it does not sound fun for them and so i kind of realized that like wow it's weird there's no really great sort of tool even in 2020, for, to have groups of people kind of connect and organically and, you know, mingle in small groups and move from group to group uh, organically in 2020. And so I um, reached out to, you know, my longtime friend and, you know, co-founder of all of my, you know, companies over the past 10 years, Yang Mao. And, um, you know, I said, hey, like, this, look at this problem. It's weird that there's, you know, no tool for this. And the classic Yang Mao fashion, he came back two weeks later with the, with the prototype. And, uh, you know, we were wow. playing with this prototype of early prototype of Puma space. And we instantly could tell that there was a kind of a new primitive for interaction there. Um, you know, a new way for groups of people to connect 
online in real time using video chat um, as the medium, but to make it kind of not as like a street jacket like Zoom, you know, you're in these pretty bunched boxes and it's just like very static, it's not very interesting, but to make it more kind of open and fluid and organic, like a video game, to your point. And so that was the origin of Kuma Space. And so we, want, we you know, started building in the uh, spring of 2020, launched in uh, that summer, and then, you know, just been off to the races ever since, you know, raised a seed at the end of that year, and then raised an A, um, you know, last year uh, from Lightspeed. And, um, you know, people can use it for a lot of things. People use it for school. They use it for socialization. They use it for virtual events. But, you know, we really sort of zeroed in on this kind of like virtual office use case, which is like, hey, there's all these people, everyone's working from home, right? During the pandemic, you know, people were working from home all the time. Now, some people are sort of back in the office, sort of not. A lot of people are hybrid, but they may only go in one or two days a week. It's like, you know, you're sitting at your desk all day, you're grinding, you're working 12 hours a day, you're on Zoom, you're on Slack, you're in your documents. But like, it's lonely, right? You don't feel connected to your coworkers the way you did when you used to you know, be in an office with them, you know, you'd catch up over lunch, you'd play a little ping pong, you'd tap the person on the shoulder and ask them for, you know, some help with the thing you were working on, maybe a little feedback on the the power the presentation you were putting together. And so we felt like that was really missing. And so that, that's what we've ultimately focused Kuma Space on, which is like, how do you create a place to show up every day to, you know, to get your work done, to collaborate with other people, to see your team, to be seen by your managers and, you know, like let them know you're doing good work to get the help you need as an early employee um, and to just connect, you know, not feel like my, I'm a little automaton just getting beat that by Slack and I'm a little green dot as the status, but like I'm actually a person and, and I'm here to connect with my coworkers. And so that's kind of the, the vision with Kumo space. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, really fun to build. If anyone, if you ever want to try it out, happy host. Uh, I, I would love to, I think that, um, the idea, the concept behind it was amazing. Yeah. And and it it's engaging too. So, but my question is like, what's the expectation in in let's say for the next uh let's say five years to ten years, like what's the expectation? Are you ex uh, are you looking to expand on it? Or is it something that you're looking to potentially exit? Like what's the game plan? You know, I mean, in the same way that like it took me eight years between my last this company and my to start you know start this company for my last company. Like, you know, we're not thinking short term about this at all. I mean, we think that like we're like remote work is like going to be the biggest probably change to the way that people work since mm -hmm. industrial revolution, right? It's like all of a sudden you know you you can work from anywhere. <laughs> you can you know work with anyone from anywhere at any time and so we think that you need an entirely new tech stack to do that right if you think about like you know what are the tools most people use for remote work right they, they use zoom they use slack they use google meet you know they, they maybe they use like a project management tool like monday or jira or something like that um but these tools were all built pre work from home revolution right they were built you know, th these tools were not built then. They were basically built for people sitting in office to occasionally, you know, chat with someone in a different floor of an office or to teleconference with, you know, another um, department in, a, you know, maybe in another headquarters, right? But like, 
why would those be the perfect tools for this completely different way of work where now everyone's working from home or working from anywhere? Maybe, you know, I actually started Kuma Space. I was, I was in my mom's house during the pandemic, and then eventually I was living in, you know, Costa Rica, uh, you know, by the beach surfing every morning, right? And so, like, so why would the tools that were built before be the right thing? And I think for me, it was just like, man, if this is the end of history, if, if like, Zoom is going to be... The, the best tool for working for the next 50 years. I got a sad world. I don't, I don't want to live in that world. So, um, you know, we think it could be a lot better than it is. We think we're just getting started. You know, people are spending six hours a day working in Kumo space. That's a lot of time. And so if people are going to really entrust us with investing that much time in our product, we got to really build a lot of great tools for them, for them to use. So, um, you know, we like to think we're just getting started. There's a lot of upside. The TAM on this is is massive, and so uh, we got we got a lot of work to do before we sell. Oh, I like that. I like that. Listen, um, starting out, what was the one thing that made a significant impact that helped you to scale that you think that you're going to be able to implement throughout uh, to different startups to different uh, companies or even in Kumo space? What was that one thing when you were starting out that had that significant impact? Well, look, as you know, as my girlfriend points out, I, I have like 2.5 jobs, right? So between Kumo space, charge ventures, and then teaching at Columbia. Um, and I, you know, I think a lot of like, advice, good advice is to like focus and focus and like good things take a lot of work and are really hard to build and you really need to focus. And so, but you know, I'm one of these, I like to do a lot of things. I got a lot of interests, right? And so the, the, the probably biggest trick that I've learned is that you can do a lot of things as long as they all reinforce each other. So if you do a bunch of different things, but but then but they don't reinforce each other, then you just get you you don't make progress on anything, right? You get pulled in a bunch of different directions and you never move anywhere. But if everything you do pushes forward all the other things that you do, if you can really align your different work streams so that they're all rowing in the same direction, then you can do a lot of things at the same time. And that's been really helpful for me. So, you know. A lot of my work, and it's by no means done, is to like make sure that I get value, you know, for charge my fund out of the work that I do in Kumo Space. So how can I take the work I do in Kumo Space, the promotion I do in Kumo Space, the learnings I do in Kumo Space, and apply them in Charge Venture? So a good example of that is, you know, we got we've learned how to scale to millions of users in Kumo Space, and you know we we learned influencer marketing as a channel. My um, you know, head of marketing, Drew Moffitt, great growth guy. He didn't know anything about influencer marketing, but he went in there, he figured it out. He, you know, got us, you know, running a program with, you know, dozens of influencers, you know, posting multiple times every month, right? No, no small task for one person. And, um, you know, that really helped us grow a lot of my startups. Uh, and so we used the tool that I had invested in, a brand run by this guy, Brandon Brown. Ex Red Bull basically wrote the book on influencer marketing. He built software SaaS to scale up influencer marketing operations. So, you know, we use a tool from a company I invested in to scale up influencer marketing at 
uh, you know, the company that, you know, I co-founded it. And then all the subsequent companies that I invest in, uh, you know, they all want to learn how to use influencer marketing as a growth channel. And, you know, I can really help them, like hands-on tactical knowledge about how to do it because I, you know, I've taken a company from, you know, zero to millions of users multiple times. And so, um, you know, those are like, it's very synergistic, right? So I'm just constantly trying to like, make sure all those work streams are, are pushing and rowing in the same direction. And that's how I can do, try my best to do multiple things at the same time. How do you get that singularity of focus, that hyper-focus? You know, um, there's a, it's a Japanese word. Let's see. It's a, it, 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 I'm probably going to pronounce this so poorly, but it's, uh, it, how do I do this? Ikigai. Um, Ikigai, I think is what it's called. And, and it means, uh, it's translated a reason, reason for being. And, um, and, uh, and it's funny because I actually thought of this, uh, concept before, but I never had a word for it. And then someone showed it to me and I was like, oh yeah, this is it. And so, you know, what I would always give people as career advice is like, you're trying to find, um, something that you're good at something that you love doing and something that the market will pay you for and you know when you can find the intersection of those things right this is the same concept is that you know sometimes you you have things that you love but you can't get paid for and things that you're good at but you don't love but if you can get the overlap of those things that's where the goal is and so actually the fourth thing that um you know uh they add to that is like what basically um like gives you purpose right so like what gives you you know purpose like the meaning and so that's the the four concepts you add that and so when you can get all those things together and so i guess for me i really love i love building and i love like supporting people to, to follow their dreams and so um you know charge and investing in entrepreneurs that you know i just get to like partner with really passionate people trying to you know follow their dreams and build something to change the world and you know being able to just like devote all my energy into that is like it, it simplifies everything like that's all i want to do i don't want to think about anything else i never feel bad i never have any fomo about uh you know not being able to do anything else that's amazing that's really amazing there's a um there's a book I read, I forgot the name of it, but uh I'm gonna try to get it and put it in a de description. But it says um some entrepreneurs are, are either starters or they're finishers. Uh the starters like to build, uh, and then you have the finishers who are into the process. And it's very rare that you have an entrepreneur that has the combination of both becoming a starter, which they like to create and build, and becoming a finisher where they like to be in the weed, in the details, in the process to, to finish it through. Um, which one would you say you have? Do you have the combination of both or would you say that you're mostly a starter that you like to build? I think if I'm being honest, I'm definitely better at getting things off the ground and pulling in talented people to close. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's no question about that. I like, 
I like getting things started. I like pulling together smart people in a room. I think once it becomes about optimization, uh, there's probably better suited people for that than me. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Um, let, let's go back to Kumo space. So now that where is that in the journey right now? Is are you um, are you content with? Uh, I know you're not content. I know you wanted to scale some more, but what is it about Kumo space that's separate from the other businesses that you started that you say that you have this passion for that you want to see it succeed all the way through? Yeah, I think what made it different for me was if you look at all the companies that I've built, it's, you know, Sonar, Switcher, Kumo Space, um, they all involve sort of using technology to connect people in novel and more natural, sort of authentic human ways, right? So, like, I'm very interested in how we can use technology to connect more authentically. And, um, you know, so for me, it's like, there's lots of good ways, there's lots of ways to make money, but this was a passion of mine. And, and you know, when I see people enter a Google space and connect with each other and a smile crosses their face and like, oh, this is so cool. Or, or you know, we, we used to get, you know, in the pandemic, it was crazy. People were using for all sorts of things. They're having weddings in Kumo space. They're having, you know, funerals, wakes in Kumo space, graduations. People still actually do that, a lot of that. Um, and just like, you know, I got invited to a German-American couple that had a wedding, their wedding, and they invited us. And, you know, that was just amazing, right? Like, you know, I, we had to play a small part in that and, you know, built technology that facilitated you know, all these different families uh, from across the world to connect and celebrate that moment. Um, that, that's, that's it, man. That, that's the best thing in life for me is to get to experience that. and. Uh, so yeah, like you know, you might probably can make more money building. It's probably easier to make money, you know, building some obscure SaaS tool that you know solves a very valuable problem. But for that, that doesn't do it for me the same way. I'd rather just invest in that. You know, building Kuma Space is is, is personal. Yeah, what what I liked about it when I was doing the research is the fact that you can communicate with with people within that circumference there's a circle a barrier that you can communicate with and if you walk out of that barrier then you're no longer within that circle of the of the communication piece and what i enjoyed about that is because you can go from um room to room environment to environment space to space and walk away and still venture off you can still sight basically you're sightseeing the way the way it come across to me you're sightseeing you're saying like it's as if i'm walking down the street and i'm going inside and i'm i'm going bar hopping i'm going from yeah. this conversation i'm walking and i'm going to that next conversation and i exit out of the circle of the circumference and nobody I, I i'm not being i'm not being overwhelmed by their conversation or that person conversation i get to choose where I want to go and where I want to interact. And I thought that was like mind blowing. I mean, I think you maybe described it better, better than I could. You know, I, I'm, I love a good house party. I love you know, dropping in the conversation. If it's good, stick around. If it's not, you know, move on to the next. And I felt like, you know, we, we felt like existing video chat was not like that. It was, you were very locked, you were locked in, you know, you, it wasn't fun. Everyone's got their video off and, you know, they're like, 
just tuned out, right? And so in Kuma space, if someone's not, if the conversation isn't interesting, you just we just walk away. Go have a you know conversation with, with someone else. And uh, you know, I feel like you know, it's just like real life, right? You have more freedom, you have more autonomy, and it just creates for more organic, organic, kind of authentic uh, interaction than you know, in a, a, a virtual in a work context, right? It actually behaves more like a real office, right? In an office. You don't just have one conversation going on where one person's talking and everyone else is listening. You have, you know, a bunch of people in different rooms, you know, products working on products, sales is, you know, selling and, um, you know, customer support is, you know, changing people, but it's all happening in the same place. And you as a team member can, you know, seamlessly walk between those interactions. And so that's why that, you know, ultimately that new form factor we invented became so applicable to, you know, virtual offices and giving people you know, a place to gather, but then have organic, different, bunch of different conversations in the same place, just like an office. No, phenomenal, phenomenal. Before we wrap this up, because it's been amazing, I just, this show is about uh, getting people started, um, especially into the startup area or into any part of entrepreneurship. What was the, what is the one thing that you can recommend to get people started into their career, into their path, into the journey of becoming an entrepreneur? or just anything that they desire in life? It's funny, when, uh, my first little blog that I had, it was called Time to Get Started. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what's, 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 what's that advice? I mean, maybe one thing is to think about what is preventing you from doing it, and then, um, you know, asking, really pushing through that and asking, you know, following that to its end, you know, there's probably something you're afraid of, there's some conclusion, and then actually really pushing through that fear and saying, okay, what if I did, what if it failed, what happened, what would, what would really be the worst that would happen if I failed? And, and, you know, look, it's true, entrepreneurship, it's hard to do when your back is truly against the wall, right? If you have no money, if you have no resources, if you're working paycheck to paycheck, man, it's possible, but it is hard, right? So there is a bit of a, um, there's definitely a bit of privilege to to be able to start a company. And, um, you know, I've benefited from that and a lot of entrepreneurs have. Um, but that said, you know, a lot of people who are doing well, they got, you know, a good job, but, you know, and they're, but they're so afraid about getting started they're so afraid of what they might lose and if those people actually really think through it it's like oh well, what's the worst case you know you go back and get another, you get a job <laughs> you know what i mean you go back and you get another job if it doesn't work out right how bad is that is that really oh you know you lost a year of money i mean I, you know how many years i have made zero dollars i it's more than i'd like to share on this on this uh podcast so um you know i think like really think it through think through what the worst could be and i think you'll realize it's actually not that bad so like just take, you know, take the jump uh, thank you for that um final question if you had everything you wanted what is the one thing that you would be doing right now if money wasn't an object and what is that one thing that you wish for or you would probably be doing right now I mean, look, until we succeed with Kuma Space and, you know, we've really made remote work a much more pleasant, productive, and like 
authentically human experience, then you know, the work is not done. But when we get that done, you know, I'm probably going to be a DJ. I think that's, I think that's the plan. Really? <laughs> yeah, I got to learn something about music first. I, <laughs> What's your favorite song? What's my favorite song? Uh, yeah, I used to like uh, the song kind of this band called Wolf Parade. It's a, I believe in anything. Um, that's an indie rock. That's an indie rock song from back when we used to be an indie rock band. But it, it's got a good message, you know. It's like I'll, I'll believe I'll believe in anything, whatever it takes. Uh, and that would be your genre if you were uh, to play a DJ. If you were to become a DJ. Oh no, I'll probably do I'll probably do Deep House or uh something like that. You know, something gotta be a little more timely, you know. I'm I'm exposing how old I am. <laughs> well, Brett Mon, thank you so much. Uh truly appreciate it. Um any final words? Anything you'd like to share? No, Stanley, thank you so much for having me. And uh I love the I love the message you're putting out there, you know, just getting people riled up and getting them to go after their dreams. Let's go. Uh, just like your blog, you know, it starts now. So uh, let's let's get people motivated, get people uh, inspired and to change the world, have an impact. Uh, that's the least we could do to um, pass it down. Well, well, thank you, sir. And uh, wishing all your uh, uh, listeners the, the best. Hit me up uh, on Twitter if I can help out or LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon. No problem. I'll I'll definitely have your information down in the description below. So, um, but in case you want to share your LinkedIn or your oh uh, yeah, just Brett Lucas Martin on LinkedIn or uh, Brett one two one one on Twitter. Thank you, Brett. All Enjoy. right. Thank you, sir. Have a good one and good luck with the DJ when everything is done. Yeah, I'll hit you up. Just I'll be showing my showing my uh, singles. All right. <laughs> Everything starts out as a hobby, and then it becomes a profession. Exactly. So, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. There you go. <laughs> Brad, thank you once again. Appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, Stanley. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye.